Um, life is so fleeting. These instances happen literally in seconds and lives are changed and indelible marks are made on not just the people and the families that are directly impacted. There's an indirect impact that is felt community-wide. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And you're listening and or watching the Snob OS Show, the show for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome back, folks, to another week of our show. Um, we have a pretty packed show this week. So let's go ahead and jump in with the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. Finally, 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 the Apple event has a date, and that date is 420, which is <laughs> next Tuesday and an and a holiday for some. Uh, and uh, this event is called Spring Loaded. Um, as typical Apple fashion, they made us aware, you know, exactly one week before the um, announcement. Um, it's because we are still in a pandemic. It still will be full remote, similar to the last three. Can you believe the last three, uh, Apple events have all been remote and pre-produced. Um, and it will start, uh, 10 AM Pacific standard time. That'll be 1 PM on Eastern standard time. And, um, we don't know exactly what is going to come of the event or what's going to be included. Again, they give us a um, Easter egg for the um, for the announcement, uh, meaning you can do some VR to see the animation of of the the logo for this event. Um, I can't quite pull anything from the way the um, the Apple logo looks. Any thoughts from you on what the what the what the new logo um, for this event can mean? Uh, my guess would be something with the iPads and maybe like the case or the keyboard will be, have something to do with, um, uh, maybe not springs, but a new way to open and close like a smart magic keyboard, Mm. whatever they're calling it nowadays, maybe, uh, I couldn't find anything, uh, either. And more importantly, not more importantly, but specifically, I did some research a little bit and I couldn't figure out if any of these other tech sites had any sort of guesses as to what the spring loaded meant either. Yeah. I thought that was kind of curious. Yeah. I didn't see any of that either. I didn't see anybody really trying to determine the logo is very colorful. So, um, and it's springs and it's it's kind of bouncy. Yep. Um, and, uh, it's rumored that we will get um, new iPad Pros, possibly AirPod, AirPod Pros, possibly new Apple TV, possibly iMacs, possibly AirTags. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all speculative at this point because nobody knows. But I think for certain we can say 
for pretty much certain that, you know, iPad Pro is likely coming. And probably AirPods, I would guess. Yeah. Um, I saw some kind of mock-ups of um, the new iMac, um, and it was kind of similar to the color scheme of the recently um, released Air uh, iPad Airs. So we'll see if that's a thing. Um, I don't know. It's usually can kind of glean something or, you know, the the insiders, you know, usually have some kind of idea as to, to what to expect. But it's been pretty quiet on this front, which is which is unusual. Yep. So I don't know. Um guess we'll have to wait and see what it uh what comes of it because we I really don't have too much to say. <laughs> <laughs> because I have no idea. Um spring loaded. Springtime, uh of course they always uh, do a maybe. play on words. Maybe. Could be different colors for the iPad Pro. I don't know. Could be a new I don't know, maybe a new Apple pencil because all the lines are like really squiggly, so uh, uh, what did I say? Did I say Apple Pencil? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so I don't know. Um, it should be interesting um, because I have no idea. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I you guess build up a little excitement. Yeah, because usually we, in previous uh, releases, we all or previous events, we have kind of an idea and you know things trolling out there, but. Nothing to go around, which is strange to you as well. Hmm. All right. Um, the next thing, um, as the, the latest Apple event has been announced, of course, the rumor mill um, really kicks into high gear. And the latest rumor that I have seen regarding the iPhone 13, and surprisingly enough, um, when I was uh, researching for the show, um, there are now rumors about coming out about iPhone 14 and iPhone 15 already. And we don't have, you know, the 13 out yet. But one of the biggest things that they're saying, um, of course, rumored as well, um, is that for the iPhone 13, um, the notch on the front of the iPhone um, apparently is shrinking. Um, it's not completely going away, but it seems to be based on the parts um, that have been leaked is that the notch is is significantly smaller or noticeably smaller than on the previous devices. And I think that's something that Apple users have been wanting for um, a while now. So um, I don't know. That's so far, that's pretty much the biggest thing that um, has come out about the, the iPhone um, 13 and possibly the mini is is going away, even though it was just kind of recently reintroduced. So I don't know. It's just a, a strange space to be in the rumor mill for, for Apple devices. Yeah. Um, I guess this is something that Apple fans have been dying for. I don't know why. I Personally, I don't know why, because I don't have a problem with the notch as it stands. But again, like you mentioned, the only thing we can get from these samples in this story is that the notch will be a little bit slimmer. It won't be any wider or thinner, but from left to right, it'll be a little bit thinner because they have moved the speaker to the top 
of the iPhone, like the current iPads, or specifically the iPad Pros. They've moved the speaker to the top. So instead of the how the notch housing the front-facing camera, housing the speaker, and housing the um, Face ID camera, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to move the speaker to the top of the phone. So it'll actually come out of the top here. So that'll give them less real estate to have to build into the notch. So the notch actually gets slimmer. Again, who cares? I don't really <laughs> I see it can. as a big... I mean, and looking at the mock-up, you can tell it's it's not... It's vertically... Uh, no, horizontally is shrinking. Right. But I don't... You may get some more pixels of space, but I don't think enough to make a huge difference. And And like you mentioned... I didn't know that people were clamoring for this, right. but apparently they are, I guess. Strange. Mm. I don't know. Weird stuff. All right. On to the next thing in the lowdown. Um, we've been talking a lot about COVID and um, with the um, Apple Watch 6, um, there was a, um, a new... Uh, Pulse Ox um, uh, feature added, and it appears as if they are trying to use this new Pulse Ox feature in the Apple Watch to try and predict um, respiratory type illnesses similar to COVID-19. So um, in this particular article that um, we're reading from Cult of Mac, um, the, there's a study being held um, in Seattle um, from the University of Washington, where they are going to start loaning um, out Apple Watches for um, six months um, to to try and see if they can nail down how to use this new Pulse Ox feature to see if it can predict um, or determine if someone has some sort of respiratory um, type illness. Um, they are currently in the recruiting phase to get participants who live, you have to be in the greater Seattle era, area, and the folks that they are targeting are people who are in the higher risk of respiratory illnesses. Um, I'm assuming like, you know, asthma, um, those type of, of pre-existing illnesses to use as um, participants um, in this study. Um, the criteria, of course, is uh, having a, a higher than normal risk of a respiratory illness, have an iPhone 6 or 6S or above, over 22, and are willing to commit to six months of participation. So uh, I think it's just another um, step in, um, you know, these smartwatches being used for more than just... Um, you know, activity type of tracking for, for exercises. Right. And, and I mean, it could definitely go towards people because we hear them all the time. There are young folks who think they are invulnerable and they think they're bulletproof. Mm -hmm. So they don't think anything can happen to them. And when people surprisingly still don't understand what asymptomatic means, mm -hmm. all they'll say is, well, I feel fine. Mm -hmm. Well, the test says you have COVID. Right. So if the test says you have COVID but you feel fine. Yeah, you feel fine, but you're still passing it on to other people unknowingly because you feel fine. So 
I could see the Apple Watch uh, working for somebody who is A, thinks they're bulletproof, Mm -hmm. or B, you know, just, well, nothing's happened to me directly, so there's nothing wrong with me. Well, indirectly, this Apple Watch, if this works, and let's just say hypothetically, they actually do announce in a future Apple event that the Apple Watch 7 will help predict COVID-19. Now you have this other tool that can say, hey, stupid, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you still have, you know, something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Go get tested or go get checked out when normally you'd be like, well, I feel perfectly fine. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just more help for people, you know, who are willing or who aren't willing to take their health seriously. Right. And it's just, it's, it's the basis of what a virus is, not just a respiratory virus, but any virus that you get, you can have it, not have symptoms and pass it around to people. Hello, HIV. Right. It is a virus. Mm -hmm. You can have it and not know it and feel fine, but you can still pass it along to folks. And We're not, we're not bulletproof. No one is. Everyone is. I think if anything has shown from the COVID-19 pandemic is that um, race, class, gender, you know, anybody can get it and anybody can have a bad reaction to it and anyone can pass away from it. And on the positive side, anybody can uh, recover from it. It's just one of those things where, that's the nature of the beast. That's the nature yep. of a virus. And that's the nature of the society. It's not anything you can predict. It's not um, a specific lifestyle, so to speak. Um, you know, people have gotten COVID or who are social distancing, who are wiping down things, who are wearing their masks. It's just the nature of the beast. So if there is something that can help in the future from um, something like this um, happening, or at least be able to catch it earlier, before it becomes a full-blown pandemic, as we're seeing with this, then, you know, more power to it. Welcome it. All right. Um, The final thing um, I wanted to to talk about this week, um, it's it's an interesting uh, concept. And I didn't realize that um, so many people were... um, well, the, spe- the specific type of people are uh, care about this. So there is a proposed bill um, that is in the Senate from Senator Josh Howley, um, who many may remember from uh, January 6th, who was a staunch supporter of the insurrection on the Capitol. He has- in- Is this the, the, the fist guy? That's fist guy. This is the fist guy. He has, and and one thing I I debated on whether I wanted to bring this up or not, but when I saw the name of the bill, I was like, we got to talk about this. So um, he introduced a bill on Monday that would ban mergers and acquisitions of companies, primarily geared towards tech companies, because, you know, they have this battle going on with big tech for whatever reason they come up with this week. But it caps the amount um, that a company can spend to acquire another company. And they have set that number at $100 billion. Where they get this number from? I don't know. They just make it up? Who knows? But in any event, if this bill is passed, um, it could have the biggest, like I said, impact on tech companies. 
um, including companies like Apple, um, because they're saying, uh, based on this article from Cultimac, the um, the market cap uh, that Apple has for acquiring other companies is $2.2 trillion with a T. Um, mm-hmm. And this also will affect, you know, other tech, huge tech companies. You think of your Microsoft, your Amazons, your Facebooks, your Ubers, Netflix, all these type of, of companies because they will acquire smaller companies to fold that tech into their existing tech. So they don't have to go and reinvent the wheel when somebody already has it and they have plenty of money. But in this instance, he wants to stop that. And the name of the bill is Trust Busting for the 21st Century Act. Trust Busting. Uh, he's just trying to... He's uh, we, we already know he... Well, he already has an issue. Uh, he's highly critical of big tech, which in and of itself is kind of hypocritical yep. because Republicans and conservatives typically have been government stay out of the business of private corporations. But yet here we are. He's trying to regulate what uh, big tech specifically. What private companies do. What private companies do. So that is one thing. The second thing, he's just trying to change the subject mm-hmm. on him. Because, per- like said, only way I know him is this dude yep. at at this dude at the insurrection, yep. and I'm pretty sure he wants to uh, direct our change <laughs> the narrative, our, as they yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. There's a squirrel over there. So this don't look at the burning building. Look at the squirrel. <laughs> right. Exactly. So this, you know, a lot of people out there who you know who don't like big tech companies just because they're big. And because they, they can't get any of that money, I think, is what it really boils down to as well. And not just that, but, there, you know, maybe there's a little bit more deeper into it. For instance, you know, um, a lot of people specifically who lean right or conservative have a lot of issues with recent tech companies like Apple, like Facebook, uh, limiting free speech, air quotes, <laughs> you know, by uh, kicking Trump off of Twitter and, Kicking a lot uh, of them off Twitter. Right, right. And limiting what sort of political information can be shared on th- social media. So Whether true maybe, or false. Right. <laughs> so maybe this is his way of, you know, striking back at big tech companies. Um, according to this story, it may not affect Apple a whole lot because Apple hasn't been known of acquiring companies with $100 billion in uh, market cap. Mostly Apple has typically uh, grabbed smaller companies and, you know, <laughs> Apple does close those companies down, hires all the people from that company and then adopts their technology into and makes it into the iPhone, yep. Mac, you know, all their products and services. But Apple typically doesn't really go after small, big companies like you think of Facebook in the past who grabbed whatsapp mm-hmm. uh they grabbed instagram mm-hmm. right those were big microsoft grabbed uh, linkedin right we'll talk about right, them later exactly so you know google you know they grab anybody any and everybody to get their hands on <laughs> <laughs> so and those have typically been big 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 you know acquisitions you know where two big companies are merged together so this if it went through which has this long way it's just a bill um but it could affect some of those some of those other companies but apple typically kind of shies away from those bigger companies mm-hmm. and just kind of grabs small ones. But nevertheless, you know, this is a direct. It's like a, it's know, retaliatory, retaliatory, right, right. Directly towards companies yeah. like Apple. 
Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do um, because they've hauled in all these tech companies before Congress and interrogated them and tried to find ways. And like you mentioned, it's quite hypocritical that they want these private companies to um, to stay out. Yeah, to stay to stay out of politics. But at the same time, they're pulling them in. And like we mentioned last week, when um, Mitch McConnell was like, you know, I'd suggest that, you know, private companies stay out of the politics, except for the money. I'm not talking about giving us money. So it's one of those things where it's, we want to use you for the ways that we can use you. And if you don't want to play ball with us, then we're going to try and find a way to, to, to handicap you. Right. Is what it ultimately boils down to, in my opinion. All right, that is it for the lowdown. Let's move over into second string where we talk all other tech. Starting us off this week, um, as I just mentioned, um, large companies acquiring other companies. Um, one of those folks um, is LinkedIn. Uh, Microsoft uh, acquired LinkedIn and they have um, had a 500 million accounts um, data breach. Um, last week talked about Facebook. Facebook had a 533 million um, accounts um, uh, data data leak, and now um, LinkedIn is in this week's um, hot seat. Um, the they apparently scraped all this um, data, including full names, email addresses, phone numbers, genders. Um, and other uh, types of PII data. I don't think there is any type of financial data on LinkedIn um, that I can think of offhand. I don't know why anybody would store like a credit card number or social or anything like that on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not well, a LinkedIn I, I, purveyor, so. Yeah, according to the story, you know, LinkedIn wants to uh, lean people in the idea that the information that they scraped and scraped is a specific word to where uh, whomever was pulling information publicly versus hacking in mm-hmm. to actually get information. You know, they mentioned that, you know, um, aggregate aggregated data from a number of websites and companies. So LinkedIn is kind of saying, you know, they didn't just pull it solely from our site. Story goes on to say no private member account data was included, which means the data could only have been uh, pulled from public information. So, like, for instance, if you are on LinkedIn and you want to network with people and you want companies to contact you, you are more than likely to put up your name. Mm -hmm. You're more than likely to put up your email address. Mm -hmm. You're more likely to put up your phone number because you are in the hey, I need you to contact me because right. I need a job. Right. So here's all my information. That is what LinkedIn is saying. This latest hack was comprised of aggregated data from people's public accounts. And they really wasn't hacked because nobody actually dug into. No one the- penetrated their system unauthorized is what they're exactly. saying. So according to LinkedIn, again, time will tell. But the fact that all this data is compiled um, into a data set that can be easily sold. These folks can start to build profiles. They have your name, they have your phone number, they have your email address. They can go and scour the dark web, or if they already have data, they can start to match things up 
and build a profile. So your leaked data could be the foundation of um, a larger, you know, nefarious reason for this data. Similarly, Clubhouse had pretty much the exact same type of thing. They're saying they weren't hacked. It was publicly, uh, public uh, data as well. They had 1.3 million, um, you know, individuals uh, with their information um, linked. And they're saying that it came from their SQL database. Um, But at the same time, they are very, both of these instances are very similar in the way that you can start to build profiles off of this data. And, and to be honest, well, not, not to be honest, but to, to, uh, to side a little with some of these companies, you know, it's on the individual as to how you display your information. So if at the very least we're finding out that millions upon millions upon millions of user data, public user data has been scraped from LinkedIn, from Facebook, from Clubhouse, from Google, from all these different spots, then not the honest, but you as the user should have more responsibility mm-hmm. as to how your data, how where you put your data and how you can mitigate some of that. And some of the ways you can mitigate it is Apple specifically is starting to come out with roll out with these privacy features that enable you to create or sign into accounts using your Apple ID, which then hides or masks your information like your email address, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another way, instead of creating an account or signing in using your own email address, you can use this Apple ID. I think Google does it, a couple other uh, apps do it to where they will mask your information to where LinkedIn, for in this example, will have a randomized email address Mm -hmm. and that will be forwarded to your real email Mm -hmm. address. That's one way to hide it. Another way to hide it is just don't put all the information out there. I know you want people to contact you. I know you want to be accessible, but all this information is getting scraped on a regular basis. So, you know, um, you may have to do some more or do less to be less, you know, available online. And a lot of people say, well, they've already got my information. Well, don't give them more. Don't give them more. Don't (laughs) answer the questions of, you know, what's your favorite teacher's name? These cute little things they have that they they pose as games on Facebook or um, on Twitter. I know the family tree thing that was going on on Twitter, was it last week? It was this little API that they would just kind of randomize different apps to come up with your Twitter family tree, a mom, a dad, a spouse, that kind of thing. But what was happening was it seemed like it was some sort of scheme to for follower counts so hidden in that app is if you go and look at your followers, you'll notice that you have new followers that you didn't actually follow. But that mm-hmm. was a part of the API when you downloaded whatever it was, whatever the the, the app or game or whatever it was to be able to um, get your little family tree, which was literally just dashes and pipes to... And I mean- We've seen them. I've seen them all on Facebook. And every time I see them, it's like, why are y'all doing these? Stop answering these questions. (laughs) Because if you look at it individually, they'll say, uh, give me your the year you was born and the first letter of your middle initial. And it'll tell you what popular song that you were listening to uh, in this genre. Mm -hmm. So you take that individually. But then they say on a whole nother one. 
they'll say, give me your first initial of your first name and the, the and street the you were born on. And, and right, right. And it'll tell you which popular sitcom person you are. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, <laughs> they can put all this information together and they'll have your first, middle, and last name. They'll have all your phone number. The street you grew up on. social security on. number. Yep. Where they <laughs> can now go into and change your password mm-hmm. and get access because they can figure out the security questions, the answer right. to security questions that they ask for when you go in and change Ladies, your password or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stop doing it. It's it's yep. not fun. It's all a scam. It's and all a scam. People love them. They, they love them. And it's like, y'all... I just stop saying stuff. You know, I'm, I'm brother text. I'm supposed to be the dude that says, hey, don't do this. I'm tired. But when people you don't know, listen, <laughs> and that's the thing with, you know, when you're talking about, you know, what you put out online, because in the clubhouse, it had, you know, your name, your email, but it also had your Twitter handle, your Instagram handle, your follower counts, when you joined, who was a person that, um, the person that invited you. So it has all of these information, as we said, that they can start to build a profile on you. Go mm-hmm. and looking at your Instagram page. You got your dog on there. You're saying what your dog name is. And some of the security questions, what's your first pet? Yep. It could be your pet. That could be your first pet. I mean, it's all a numbers game. They're hoping that they get enough of your data to put together a profile from you to go and steal your identity or hack or your account. Or use it to create a whole nother person which links to your information and same difference. Yeah, but. exactly. Be careful out here. It's not just fun and games. It's not just fun and games. All right. Um, Google um, has um, rolled out um, a, a new heads up feature um, that is supposed to help you not be distracted by your phone. And I have all these pop-ups on my window from this website on USA Today that is not allowing me to see the article. Okay, um, so they are rolling out this new feature for Android users only so far um, to help you not be so distracted by uh, your device. Again, like I said, it's called Heads Up. It's currently in uh, beta um, and it uh, allows you to track uh, smartphone habits, including how much time you spend on your device. So it works by, uh, I'm quoting from the article now, if you're walking with your smartphone unlocked, the the feature will ping you with the reminder to pay attention to your surroundings. The feature is expected to work while Android users jog or run as well. And it, you know, has sensors to detect different types of movement to understand what type of activity you're doing and the location. So if you're in a park and you're, you know, moving at a quicker pace, it can surmise that you're possibly running. Um, and if your phone's unlocked, it's likely that you're looking at it because most of the time your phone automatically locks if that's the way you have it set up. So um, that's just a, a new feature that they have that they are trying to um, I guess encourage people to be a little bit more aware of 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 what you're doing and when you're using your phone. Yeah, it's simpler. It's similar uh, to Apple Watch that can detect if you're washing your hands mm-hmm. and say it'll either do a countdown to let you know and ping you when you know I think twenty or thirty seconds. I think it's twenty seconds. It's twenty of washing your hands. You know it'll it'll detect 
when you are coming home and they'll say, hey, you know, I'm some and I'm, I'm surmising this. It says, hey, you know, outside is nasty. You're coming in the house, you know, maybe you need to wash your maybe hands. Maybe you should wash your hands now. Right. So it's a similar type of technology, which, you know, it'll help more than it'll hurt. Yeah. You know, so definitely, you know, a good uh, feature for Android users to have those type of features popping up because like you said if your phone is unlocked you are looking at yep. it there's no reason for your phone to be unlocked and you're not actively doing using it and if you are uh if you if it is unlocked and you're running or you're doing something then most likely you need to be focused on doing that yeah versus looking at your, your phone. phone be safe because um running into someone tripping over something um a myriad of, of things could happen. I've seen a lady where she was in the mall and looking at her phone and fell all in the water fountain. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> wow. I hope whatever you were watching was um, worth it. Entertaining you <laughs> enough. There ain't nothing worse than soggy socks Ugh. and clothes. <laughs> Squishing around. Yeah. Nice. And in the mall, so that's that's even better. Mm-hmm. All right, um, let's go over and talk about Instagram. Uh, Instagram is um, testing out um, uh, a way that you can um, hide likes. Um, I think uh, many of you remember, I don't know, time is is all weird, but not too long ago, um, you know, Instagram temporarily took away the likes of posts and people, and people were freaking it. out. I mean, so full on meltdown, freak out, like what's going on? It's Instagram broken. Um, but now they are actually, when that, when I saw that happen, I figured they were testing out something anyway. Um, because, you know, we've talked about it on the show before, how what people post is usually driven by the need to get views and likes Mm-hmm. attention-seeking behavior. Uh, but uh, it says that, um, based on this article from Engadget, that Instagram has been experimenting with hiding the counts for almost two years. And that tracks. Um, that sounds about right. Um, but the company hasn't said a lot about how they plan to use that fe- uh, feature or you know what they've learned thus far. Uh, but now um, it seems as if the company is giving an update um, and making some minor changes um, to what they are testing out. Um, and like previous um, versions of this, um, it's a small set of users um, and it the app will give the user the ability to decide whether they want to show their likes or to hide their likes. Um, and um, they'll have the option to do this on their own posts so their followers won't see them or to hide them on posts from everybody. So you can either hide your own individually or you can just hide everybody's from being able to see on your feed the the total um, um, like counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, again, like the previous story, it'll help more than it'll hurt. But unlike the previous story, um, if you don't something like this that is ingrained in our culture, um, you'll probably get less p- 
people adapt it because we're so far gone. Mm-hmm. This is just the way Instagram and social media and instant gratification works. The only way you're going to get at ad- ad- adoption from this is if you force people to do it, because this is this is learned behavior um, to get to where we are now. So you're going to have to in order to if you really want to depressurize apps and make them less addictive, you're going to slap you got to slap it out of their hand. Mm-hmm. And the only way you do that is by making people turn off likes, giving people the option for a free app. Mind you, mm-hmm. I could see if I was paying one or two or five dollars a month, then no. Yeah, you make it an option. But this is a free app. If you really if you really feel that this uh, gramming for likes and posting on social media for likes is truly an issue, you know, you're going to have to force people to uh, uh, adopt a new behavior, giving people the option or, you know, uh, casually mentioning it, mentioning it, mentioning it, can't even get the word out, <laughs> mentioning it, you know, as a feature. We're too far gone from that. Yeah. And it looks like Facebook is testing out um, something similar, which makes sense because they're all under the same umbrella. But but like you said, it's so much money involved around these likes and follower counts and views. I mean, we've seen Instagram try and shift the focus from the number of likes to the more engagement you get is by hitting the little bookmark like tab. I think that's like mm-hmm. what counts more in engagement now on Instagram, but people still look for likes. People still and, and use those likes when they, um, if the, if they're an influencer and they're trying to say, you know, I want you to give me money for this. They include their follow accounts, their likes, you know, how many times they've been so, reposted and all those types of things. Well, so that's fine. Right. But you can do that. Uh, for instance, Google, right. When back in the blogger days, when bloggers was writing blog posts in hopes to get sponsors and hopes in hopes in hopes to get brands in hopes to get people to advertise on their website, you would have to go into your Google Analytics mm-hmm. and submit that information to a brand and say, Hey, I'm Brother Tech, I do this, I do that. Here's all my analytics. I'm ready to partner, right? Mm-hmm. You can still do that. Like an influencer, if they are either trying to get a, a brand to look at them or a brand is inquiring about them, it could simply say, hey, sh- give me your, share your uh, analytics. Mm-hmm. And then a user goes in and gets- Pulls that information. Pulls that information. Yeah. It doesn't have to be face, you know, window dressing, you know, to validate who you are. You know, your validation should be the content itself, not necessarily the 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 quick results you know the quick feedback the lazy from- feedback honestly because you can just right. scroll and look at a post and see how many comments how many likes without actually having to do the work to go and pull that information it's basically just visualized what's on the back end and honestly made people lazier to to right. and, to get that and info it gives people like you like you know the whole issue a false sense of insecurity, you know, uh, just following trends. And it's one thing to go look at your analytics on the back end and say, hey, this post posted well at this time, at this demographic or whatever. It's one thing to look at that and say, okay, well, I need to do more of that because this worked for my analytics versus, 
oh, this person did this thing and got a million likes. Let me go do that exact thing. Mm -hmm. That's that's like like you said, that's lazy. And actually, it may be probably um, a dull's creativity because people are less less likely to be creative when all they can do is just copy what this person did. And I should get that same mm -hmm. response. And then when you don't. <laughs> that it makes it even worse, right? Right. So I have, you know, I don't want to give people the impression that, you know, you should just post content and just be happy with it. No, if you are an influencer, if you're a brand, if you're a business or whatever the case may be, you know, that information is important, but it shouldn't be what is driving the content in the first place, you know, because then again, you're just copying what everybody else is doing, which is making it a whole lot worse. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah. And I think we, we've talked about it numerous times, you know, why do people post certain content online? And one of those reasons why is the instant gratification of, you know, being seen as popular or getting likes or trending or going viral. So like you said, to put that genie back in the bottle, they are going to have to honestly just rip the bandaid off and, and make it permanent. But I think, you know, I don't even know if, if it's the case, but when they temporarily took them away, I personally think they're probably trying to gauge interest to see how the public would respond to something like that. People are not going to like it. So why even why even torture yourself like that? People are going to freak out when like you, they did <laughs> when anything changes. So just make them change. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's terrible. You, you people are supposed to you know, be free thinkers and, you know, you shouldn't want to compress or, you know, take away people's freedoms or whatever, you know, I'm air quoting because, you know, I hardly see uh, taking away the uh, likes from a social media is inhibiting on anybody's freedoms. But I mean, that's the time we're in. Right? Yeah. And every yeah. honestly, everything is recycled. You know, yeah. someone, you can post something and get a bunch of likes. Someone takes that same concept, tweaks the words a little bit, maybe change out the image to try and go viral or get those many likes as well. They don't even do that. I've, I've surprisingly, I've been watching reels on Instagram because, again, I can't take up TikTok because I cannot. It's a I lot. refuse to let another sign up for another social media account. So I've been actually looking at a lot of reels and I've been entertained because people are They're clever. funny. People are clever. They are funny. It's fresh. But then also you can clearly see the point I'm trying to make was they will. There are some people who won't tweak anything. <laughs> they won't tweak a word. They won't change the, the dance routine. They won't uh, adjust the 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 whatever background, whatever. They will literally rip it, whip it. <laughs> and the only thing that's different is it's their account. You know, <laughs> they'll take your stuff and put it on their account. Just bold. Yours got a million followers. Wow. You know, so. <sighs> Fun times, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, the last thing that we have in our second string this week is a bit more of a serious nature. Um, about a month ago, uh, Microsoft had to disclose that um, there was attack on their exchange servers um, from a state-sponsored hack from China where they were um, looking uh, for certain vulner vulnerabilities and they attacked four vulnerabilities um, in the uh, emailed uh, cloud server um, of Microsoft to purposefully steal data. 
Um, and uh, the government, of course, got involved because it's China. And anytime it's anything involved with China and data, you know, the U.S. government is on it like white on rice. Um, and um, what's shocking about all of this is that ultimately um, the U.S. government were um, hacking um, hundreds of U.S. computers um, to try and um, uh, divert, uh, remove, get rid of this hack. So they hacked the hat without your knowledge the same way that China did, but they did it for your own good. Yeah. They, they like, like your boy Exhibit. So I see you like hacks. <laughs> So we hacked into the hack to make sure that the hacks had been removed, right? <laughs> right. And it's a lot of, you know, the article uh, we're reading from, we'll put all this uh, in the in the show notes, but the Department of Justice, you know, has pretty much come clean um, and talked about, you know, exactly what they did, you know, what came of it, what came of it, what became of it, as well as, um, you know, exactly what the what the hack contained and, and, and how it was effective. Um, so you can read all those details um, uh, around the hack and around the hack of the hack. But uh, my whole point of bringing this up is, are you comfortable with the United States having this type of access to hack American citizens all under the guise of, I'm helping to defend you against uh, a foreign enemy with malicious intent. Well, it all goes into, I guess, well, before before I get to that, uh, in the story that the FBI does say that if it is identified a user or a computer um, that has this, potentially has this information, uh, they will try to contact you by sending an email if they can find uh, contact information. Um, they do get a court ordered operation prior to. So it's not the FBI just saying, hmm, uh, we've got these we'll snoop around. Let's try to get into them. Mm -hmm. They actually try to go through the process. You know, they even try to reach out to you if there's information publicly available, yada, yada, yada. But outside of that, um, I don't think the government because it i mean you take the police right or you just take some of the stuff we're going to talk about now right the police will pull you over because you don't have the registered tags or they'll pull you over and i'm doing air quotes they'll pull you over because because air freshener hanging from your mirror from air freshener hanging from your window and then using that then they get to discover air quotes all this other information and then they use that to then, you know, build a case, arrest you, <laughs> in some cases, kill you, mm -hmm. you know. So you take that. I don't see the FBI obtaining legal or or uh, or what's the word? Um, good intent mm -hmm. to access your computer for this specific reason and then finding other things. Mm -hmm. And just ignoring that and say, yeah, that's not what we're looking for right now. Let's just worry about these. Let, let's, this backdoor hack. Yeah, let's yeah. worry about this backdoor hack to make sure China can't get into this computer and all this other stuff we saw on your computer, good or bad. 
you know, let, let, let's not we're going to ignore that. Let's go back and get this new court approved thing and then go back. No, uh, I mean, we're already in there. So, right, right. So I can see, of course, being a cynic, being a skeptic, you know, or just being a black person in America, as we'll talk about (laughs) later. (laughs) There's no, I, I don't see a reason for them not to then say, oh, by the way, you know, we found this stuff or. We were able to deduce this and that, you know, which, you know, could be all well and good because there there's people out here doing some crazy things mm-hmm. on computers nowadays. But that's not what you're in there for. Right. Right. So, you know, it's hard to say, yes, go into my computer, but just only look at this thing mm-hmm. and ignore and everything the, else. Right. Right. I mean, that's just not how <laughs> that's just I mean, if they're doing their if they're if the FBI is doing their job. <laughs> they are going in and finding all this other of stuff and say, yeah, come with me. <laughs> we saw this other stuff. Let's have a conversation. I think we need right. to talk about what we saw. And I think that's my biggest issue. Um, it's great that they are trying to have a more robust cybersecurity arm of the government to protect citizens, um, especially from, as we talked about, you know, just LinkedIn, Clubhouse. We talked about uh, Facebook last week. Um, with your access, with your data being, you know, access for malicious intent. But at the same time, you know, how trustworthy are they to go in and look for what they're saying that they're looking for vulnerabilities in your data being stolen and not looking around at anything else? And I mean, it could, you know, not even be, you know, anything bad on your computer. To me, it's just the fact that they can go in and do that. And if they can't reach you, I'm using air quotes, or if they can't contact you, um, whether they really tried to or not, it's still the fact that they have that type of access to go into my machine, um, you know, for a reason um, was to say they can come up with another reason, you know, outside of, of something like this to just go in and, and peruse around and, and just see what's on your, right. on your machine. And, and again, we're, we're being all, you know, speculative, you know, this very well could not be the issue with this specific thing, you know, because, you know, reading along in the story, you know, um, they're pretty you know. detailed in the story about what right. specifically they were looking for, how they went about it, and the transparency is definitely good. Right. And, you know, just looking at it give a face, face value, value. You know, there's no reason for them to be moving around in your computer for other than copying and removing these web shells. You know, they didn't, again, in the story it says they did not patch any uh, Microsoft Exchange server zero-day vulnerabilities or remove any additional malware or hacking tools that hacking groups may have placed on the victim networks by exploiting the web shells. It's like the way that reads is we didn't do anything else. Like you bring your car into my uh, auto shop and you tell me that uh, the windshield washer fluid is not working. Me as the auto shop guy, according to the story, if Microsoft is the auto shop dude, I open up the hood. I don't care if you've got rats in the, in, the, <laughs> in, the, in the in the engine bay. I don't care, you know, if you if you got a leak, you got a hose that's disconnected. Right, I don't care if you've got you know uh, Honeyworth 
uh, Crisco oil <laughs> instead of actual engine oil on. I ain't see none of that. I'm just going My to blinders are on. washer fluid and that is it, yeah. you know. So, I mean, it reads like that, you know, but I mean, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it definitely is. And um, as history has shown, you can't always trust it. And I think particularly for me, I always have my skepticisms because I'm like, mm -hmm, I don't trust you so much. What exactly I mean, are you doing? Black people history tells us. <laughs> I mean, there are clear, there have been books, there have been movies, there have been all these kind of exposés written about how the government, for whatever reason. But we know the reason. They were going to, right. <laughs> they were going to take, carry out these, you know, these efforts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trust is very um, scarce mm -hmm. around these parts. And um, that leads us into for the culture. Um, we haven't really talked about um, this much on the show. Um, and I've honestly tried to keep it out of the show because it's just so much. It's, it's draining. It's exhausting. It's tiring to see, um, you know, this day in and day out. Um, but these past couple of weeks, it's just been hit after hit after hit after hit. And it seems as if hunting season on black people, it never closes. It's right. always open. It, the season never ends. It's a forever season right? for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And I, I say that because we have concurrently, and these are just the things that have been, that are dominating the news cycle. There are so many other things that are similar to this that are happening consistently every day that we are unfortunately forced to see if you're on any type of media platform, whether it be television, social media, digital, you know, whatever the case may be. And this is specifically surrounding um, the Derek Chauvin trial that's ongoing, um, the expectation, uh, the defense, I think, is presenting their case now. Um, mm -hmm. The judge told the jury to be expecting closing arguments on on Monday. And if mm -hmm. you don't recognize the name David uh, uh, Chauvin, he is the ex-police officer who um, murdered um, George Floyd. And this all... This has been in the news to have cameras in there. You know, people have been talking about it, but it's been, you know, ramped up even more um, as of um, today is what, Wednesday? As mm -hmm. of um, earlier this week, a 20-year-old um, unarmed black man was, I'm using air quotes, accidentally murdered by a Minnesota police officer, which was just 10 minutes away from where the Derek Chauvin um trial is happening. Um, this young man was pulled over because he had an air freshener um, hanging from his uh, mirror. And um, the police officer, um, I think her name is Kimberly Potter. She said she mistaken uh, her taser for her gun and she shot him and killed him. Yeah. So uh, the way the way I heard the story is, in addition to the in addition to the um, air freshener in the windshield, which, according to police, was it, which prohibits 
the view of, you know, uh, uh, get a potential safety risk by having things hanging from your uh, rearview mirror that could obstruct your view. Uh, I also heard that maybe they also pulled him over for uh, his tag, the registration or the, the expiration date on the tags being out of date. And in addition to that, in the video that we see, we clearly see uh, uh, his name is Duante uh, White. White. Uh, you could tell he was resisting arrest and you can tell he was getting back in his car in hopes to flee the scene while the police officers were trying to accost him. For all of those reasons, again, still, that this should not be a death sentence, number one. Because number we've seen two, it's not a death sentence for other people who do the exact same thing. And number two, I don't understand why people don't get why black people specifically get nervous, mm -hmm. get jumpy. Heart rate just starts pounding. And and it's it's number one, you're insulted because you didn't do anything wrong. And you know you didn't do anything wrong. Number two, if you did do something wrong, it does not take police officers yelling, screaming, pointing guns, pointing tasers, uh, uh, roughing you up for whatever you did. I mean, sure, my tags are expired. Sure, I have a air freshener hanging from my window. That's no reason. Sure, I may even have a warrant. But that is no reason for all of the, the, the commotion. And chaos. Can you just imagine just people just yelling? You're already heightened because you're, you've been pulled over. And as soon right. as you see, even if the lights aren't on, as soon as you, uh, for me and the black people I know, as soon as you see a cop behind you, you automatically tense up. You start making right. sure your hands are at the right order. You start trying to make sure you see where your idea is to try and put it in a space where you can easily reach it. And you're literally holding your breath until they pass you because right. you don't know and, what's about to pop off. Right. And for all of that, right, people don't, it's hypocritical for people to say, just comply when people like us were untrained to deal with these high tense situations mm -hmm. when we get into them. So you can, you, I don't understand how you can't see how we get nervous and even want to, to flee the scene when trained officers panic mm -hmm. and they accidentally shoot people. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand how you can say, okay, stay calm, just comply when officers who are trained to handle these type of situations, accidents, quote unquote, can still happen. They can't so control their emotions. They Exactly. They can't control their and emotions. And they're trained. And they're trained for years and years and years. And I don't understand how people can't say, okay, well, why, why can't they just stay calm? Why can't you just comply when accidents are going to happen anyway? So my reaction is to flee because I don't know what these cops are going to do. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> right. I know exactly what could happen. And compliance doesn't mean you get out alive either. Look at Philando right. Castile. I mean, exactly. George Floyd, he couldn't be no more compliant because he was on the ground, you know, handcuffed. handcuffed with two other police officers leaning on him. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. It's all that. Yeah. All that to say, I, I, I don't understand how you can just, you, 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 you. People can say, I don't understand why you can't see that his failure to comply put him in this situation 
when, like you said, from Philando Castile, who who those don't remember, he was trying to comply mm-hmm. and let the police officer know that he had a gun. A license and gun. As, and as soon as he mentioned gun, that guy, the, the cop panicked and shot and killed him because he panicked. So I don't understand. Even though he people, had his girlfriend and baby in the car right, with him. Right. I don't understand how people can say, well, if you just comply, none of this will happen. When we've complied. And this exact thing has happened. So if you are giving me a choice of don't do nothing and something might happen or do something and at the very least I'm in control and if something happens anyway, I'm going to take, well, let me do something in order to, you know, uh, possibly make the situation not as worse because there's no probability either way and when it comes yeah, and if you take a look at the other side of this coin, um, from Dante White, you have Army Lieutenant Karen Nazario. He had gotten a car, was driving home. Um, had tent tags in the window. Tent tags in the window. They said they couldn't see the tags. Um, he decided to drive to a lighted they said area. Proper tags is what they said. So, improper tags means we saw the tags and they were improper versus we didn't see the tags in the first place because if they would have did their job and I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good. But you did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be self-aware here. You know, for them to say he had improper tags means they didn't do their job because he had proper tags. Mm -hmm. You just didn't see them. But for them to say I pulled him over because I couldn't see his his tags means that y'all were wrong in the first. Yeah. So can And it being dark and at night, um, I know for me, especially as a woman, if I'm driving at night and police lights come behind me, I'm going to put my hazards on and I'm going to drive to the next lighted area. And that's what he did. He drove to a lighted area. He gets there. You see the video. He has, you know, both these cops, guns drawn, yelling, conflicting statements to him as to what he should do. And then he says, uh, I'm scared. I'm not exactly sure what I should be doing. And the other police officer says, you should be. What am I supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. They didn't pepper. They told, him, they told him, show me your hands and then get out the car. Well, which one is it? Do you want me to show me my hands or do you want me to get out of the car? Because if I get out of the car, that means I got to, I got to put my hands back in the car to unbuckle the seatbelt and open the door. And if so I put my hands back in, you might think I'm reaching for a weapon and you're going to shoot me and I'm dead. Right. right. And so they ended up pepper spraying him, handcuffing him, keeping him handcuffed. And then the supervisor came and did the whole BS. Let's have an intelligent conversation. Right. I'm like, I have pepper spray in my face. And I'm handcuffed. And I'm upset. My heart is racing. I'm angry mm-hmm. because I am a lieutenant in the army. With my fatigues on. <laughs> what happened to all this respect our troops, respect our troops, respect our troops. So I'm upset that I've been fighting for our freedoms and yet I come home and I'm treated like a nobody. Right. So he's upset. He's angry. He's pepper sprayed. His face hurts. And the cop is here talking to him in the video. Yeah, we just want to have intelligent conversations because I know you're upset. I'm like, you You think? I'm going to hit you right now. (laughs) You better be glad I'm handcuffed. (laughs) You know, and not even really giving this man the proper treatment. They had the EMS people there and she kept trying to wipe his face. But they're still trying to talk to this man after you've illegally pulled him over. You pepper sprayed him. You told him he should be worried with your guns drawn, that he could be in danger. And you want to try and 
have a civil conversation. You are not treating me civilly. So how can we possibly have a civil conversation? And the biggest thing of this whole conversation, the only way we found out about this is because the video started trending on Twitter and he filed a lawsuit. This happened Mm -hmm. four months ago. This happened December, 2020. And we're just now finding out about it. Yep. So again, all these stories to, to, uh, the George Floyd trial at Derek Chauvin, who murdered him, the uh, Dante White uh, incident. Now the um, the officer was a female. She retired uh, and now they've charged her with, I think, involuntary manslaughter. Second, I think I it's think. second degree manslaughter. Yeah, I can't remember. And this uh, Lieutenant Cameron Nazario, it all goes to the we could either be fleeing the scene. Or we could be completely complying and we still, it's this disrespect Mm -hmm. by police officers. And the common trend is that these are black people Mm -hmm. who are not complying to whatever the police decide that day is the problem. what, what, what What determines compliance? And for any little reason, for instance, like in this Lieutenant Cameron Nazario, I've heard time and time again to go to a well-lit area. Mm-hmm. But because That's what they say. Mile, but because it took a mile and a half for him to get to a gas station parking lot, which would look like a gas station parking yeah. lot, that probably already set that officer off. He was to pissed. How dare, how dare you didn't listen to me. Comply yeah. immediately mm-hmm. when I tell him to do something. Forget all the common sense. Forget all your training. Because like I mentioned before, the reason why you're pulling him over is improper mm-hmm. because that's not the reason why you're pulling him over. Now you're going for all these reasons as to why you pull over. Now you're over. trying to find a reason. Because you saw this nice SUV. You probably saw a brother in the mm-hmm. SUV and decided, you know what, I'm going to check He him doesn't out. deserve that. <laughs> right. Because that's profiling in the first, which yeah. just starts all this in the first place. Starts it all. Mm-hmm. Starts it all. And it's one of those things where on January 6th, um, not a single cop or army reserve national guard could be really found anywhere in the immediate aftermath. Now you have all of the protesting in Minnesota and it's like freaking Baghdad. I mean, they have the army, uh, the national guard Mm -hmm. trucks lining surrounding the police station. And the police station is the one who perpetrated the act. Which is ironic because the they probably already had that stuff there yep. uh, on alert because of Derek the Derek Chauvin trial mm-hmm. in the first place. So, so it's not a stretch to see why they had all that stuff there for the uh, Dante White uh, riots. Because, but it still goes back to your point. They had armed guards and national guard and all this equipment just for a trial. Mm-hmm. When, like you mentioned, the insurrection that happened in January 6th. It was it planned. Took hours yeah. to find anybody, any sort of backup to help the under-armed, under, you know, under-stressed yeah. Capitol Police, uh, D.C. Capitol Police to stop this insurrection of the thousands of people who everybody knew ahead of time. Knew they were coming. That they were going to Bold about it. the Capitol. So yeah. that just, it just, it's just compounding interest. Mm-hmm on this racially biased issue 
that we constantly seem to be happening over and over and over again. And I don't understand. You may not agree, but you have to respect the fact that something legitimately is there for the for us to have these reactions to these instances that keep on happening. It's one thing to say this is a fluke. It's one thing to say, yeah, you make race could be issue, but I don't necessarily hear it, see it here. Mm. But for it to come happening over and over and over again, and you still get people in comments saying, why are you making it always about race? race? Because it is. And uh, why can't you understand that if he were, or this person would have just complied, nothing would have happened to him. And we've got time and time and time and time and time again to where this is a issue. People want to be willfully obtuse as long as it fits their narrative. And not only that, I think people don't want to admit that this they, isn't who we are. Yeah, it is. Right. They are Been a new. part e- either ignorantly or complicitly a part of a system that everybody isn't treated the same way. Specifically, you are put in a higher regard in the society. And I don't think people are willing to sit with that. Mm-hmm. So mentally, your mind tries to come up with all of these reasons mental gymnastics as to why it is the way it is rather than it's not that difficult see it for what it is usually the easiest explanation is the one that is true and it also doesn't take into account we and when i say we i'm talking about black people we are still expected to show up to work and you know continue to produce like there's the world, like the world's not on fire. Not a single person on any call that I've had this week has, you know, in the small talk before meeting start has said anything. But when um, George Floyd was murdered, they had a company wide, you know, eight minute and 43 second, 46 second moment of silence. And they do all of this performative, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion, you know, all of this, let's work on our bias and all these trains. I had to sit through a two hour <laughs> training just this week that was right. mandatory that I had to do pre-work on. I had to participate in during the call and I had to do post session challenges as well i should be exempt from those things because i already know this isn't for me i know but it's one of those things where if you didn't show up if you didn't do the completion and the survey and all that kind of stuff to prove you were there you get on this i'm in trouble list with your higher you know your highest up leader because your name goes on a list Right. And this isn't for me. I know. And I mean, it flies in the face of inclusivity, right? You're trying to be in, in, include everybody, but don't include me. Right. (laughs) The problem is not inclusion. The problem is oppression Mm. and supremacy. Systematic racism. Those things. Yes. Attack those things first. And then once you get those taken care of, then you work on inclusivity because again you know our our the whole issue is not okay we're not included in everything no the whole part is you're deliberately oppressing certain groups of people 
based on this system that's been in place for hundreds of years. Break that down. And I guarantee you, inclusiveness will fix itself. It will flow right on through. Because at the end of the day, Black people aren't asking any for anything exceptional. We're asking for the freaking bare minimum. Treat us as if you would treat somebody white. Right, right. To put it bluntly, don't pull us over for reasons you wouldn't pull over someone else who had less melanin than I am. Yeah, tr- treat everybody fairly or treat everybody unfairly. Right. Pick one. Yeah, pick a side. Can't straddle mm-hmm. the fence, even though the fence has been straddled for um, hundreds of years. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, yeah, so... I felt this week that we did need to discuss it because it's been prevalent and instances have been happening over and over and over again. And I saw someone posted on Twitter that said, only in America can you have a trial for a murder caught on video that is then interrupted by the murder of another person in similar circumstances 10 miles away only for that to be interrupted by a mass shooting at a high school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Those are the times that we live in. And I think, you know, that's how we know for certain that outside is really opening back up because mass shootings have magically resurfed, resurfaced, you know, like, um, like a bear out of hibernation. Yeah, the past couple months has been, what, three at the minimum? Three that have been probably publicized. We have the one in Atlanta. We had the one in Colorado. The school shooting yesterday. Um, I want to say I'm missing a couple. But yeah. Mm-hmm. All within the same day. So. Yep. Take care of yourself. Limit the amount of time you're on social media. I know we all want to be informed, but... It's a lot. It's exhausting to have to relive this trauma every single day and for them to consistently show the video over and over and over and over again like it's some sort of entertainment. Not putting any type of warning on these videos when they show them, uh, when they post them on social media just starts with bam. Black person yeah, did. And and that's us too, because you know, we want to we want to make sure that people don't forget share in our trauma and in our pain. You know, uh personally I, I stopped sharing the videos a long time mm-hmm. ago. I rarely talk about it mm-hmm. on social media a lot because, you know, I feel sometimes feel hopeless. Yeah. You know, uh we're we're talking about it on the podcast now because it, it's almost unavoidable. It's overwhelming. You know, Right. But outside of that, it's like, you know, you you feel you feel hopeless mm-hmm. because it's like no matter what we do, no matter how many times we share the video, no matter if and this is a big if if Derek Chauvin is even convicted in the first place, which a lot of us don't hear. think it he will be, that's to be a, honest, at, at all the damning evidence, all of the witnesses, all of the testimony, you know, um, this is still a big if. Yeah. If he gets convicted or not, yeah. you know, so it, all that, you know, you just. Just kind of feel hopeless, and that's how we shouldn't feel. You know, you know, this is America, right? Mm-hmm. This is a land of the free, home of the brave. Twenty twenty one. This is opportunity land. You know, this is you can make anything of yourself. You know, 
Um, but still, there's a corner, there's a pocket of it to where there's a lot of hopelessness, you know, and you're just like, what do you do? You know, what do you, you do? Just focus on the positive. You know, yeah, you could try to do that. But, you know, you by doing that, you are, you know, putting yourself, luring yourself into a false sense of, security. you know, a false sense of security that you can be waking up uh, out of yeah. at any given at moment. At any given moment. Mm-hmm. Um, life is so fleeting. These instances happen literally in seconds and lives are changed and indelible marks are made on not just the people and the families that are directly impacted. There's an indirect impact that is felt community-wide. And it's not something that you can shake off. It's not even something that you can be even immune to anymore because each time it's a fresh gut punch Mm -hmm. every single time. And there's... There's nothing you can do to make people see your humanity if they don't want to. Right. There's nothing, there's no perfect victim. You can be the perfect victim. You can have everything going your way and you could be the perfect, and I'm using air quotes, black. Um, you could be in the ideal and there is still going to be people who say you could have done something better. You could have done something different. You could have handled it in a different way. And there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing that we as individuals and as a community- And civilians. to Yeah. There's nothing we can do to change someone who already has a negative perception and is not willing to change that perspective because they can always find fault. In something. Right. And what is the answer to that? I don't think there is one. It was an accident? I don't know. <laughs> when you've been in the police force for 26 years, you've I trained other it. people. One they, is on one side of your body, the other is on the other side of your body. One is bright yellow. You know. Significantly lighter. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't I don't have the answer. We don't have the answer. And they're you can't expect the oppressed to fix the oppressor. And you want to believe. You want to believe it's an accident. Well, not you. I want to believe is an accident. But how? How can I how can I believe this was an accident? Yeah. There's no way. And the mental gymnastics that's going to go on behind this, he had a worn out for something he did when he was a teenager, mm-hmm. underage. Mm-hmm. And he was smoking a joint, but in uh, Minneapolis, they've decriminalized marijuana. Mm-hmm. And um, he got, he pleaded guilty and he got a fine of 75 and $81. And then the pandemic Where hit. Pandemic hit. He was on a payment plan for mm-hmm. not even $200. That goes to show what the situation was and that's why they how the system works we talk about this systematic racism Mm. and people can't they 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 are boggled at how does a how is a system set up that specifically uh uh uh, uh, criminalizes you know a certain group of people how does a system do that you know that's not people that's a system Mm -hmm. you're talking about well this is a perfect example yeah the perfect example of how the system 
you get put in the system. One, it's hard to climb out of legally. And especially two, when you're underage. And especially when you're underage, it's hard to climb out of. And two, you could be a victim of it. Yeah. A legit murder victim as a result of this system. And uh, having a warrant taken out when court systems are allegedly closed for not even a $200 fine. That's yep. why you have a warrant. And that is what's going to be used against this young man. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. <sighs> yeah. Um, deep, long, Negro spiritual sigh. That's all I got. All right. Um, let's move into the hookup. What's the how-to you have for us this week, Brother Tech? Tax season is here. I'm trying to change <laughs> Change the tone, but uh, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> so, you know, me and my wife have been corralling all of our documentation together. They've extended the tax deadlines. So that gives us a little bit of time. You know, a lot of the tax documents are electronic, mm-hmm. but you still get some that are in snail mail where you have to take a picture of them or you have to scan them to make them electronic. And I figured out, well, not I figured out. Um, there's this cool feature in uh, on Macs, you know, the preview app that you can use to open and view PDFs where you can actually use that uh, preview app to actually merge or combine multiple PDFs into one giant PDF. So, again, the example is if you have to corral a whole lot of documents together to give them to your accountant or your tax professional Instead of giving them a whole bunch of different PDFs, a whole bunch of different documents, you can actually use Max Preview to combine multiple PDFs. And the way you do it is, of course, you open one PDF using the Preview app. Once the Preview app, the PDF is open, then you tap View, and you want to make sure the thumbnail view is enabled. Once the thumbnail view is enabled, you go to Edit, and then click Insert, and then you select the option insert a page from a file, and then you go find the other PDFs that you want to add to the first PDF that is currently open. You open all of those PDFs, and then it'll merge them all into one PDF that you can then send to your tax professional. You can send it to your wife or your husband or whoever is filing your taxes in this example. And that way you just have one document versus a bunch of different ones. So, you know, I definitely use this for me and my wife during tax season. So I just thought I'd pass that along to you. And the reason why this is beneficial is because you don't need to use another app. Mm-hmm. Most people use Adobe, right? Well, you necessarily don't need Adobe. You don't have to sign up for Adobe Reader or any sort of cloud or online anything to house all your documents into another system. You can use the free preview service that's already built into your Mac and accomplish the same thing. So that is my hookup tip for the week. Nice. And that wraps up the show for this week. Definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can definitely engage with us on social media. We're at SnobbleWestCast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, be sure to watch us on our YouTube channel at SnobbleWestCast. And make sure to like and subscribe to the channel. That helps us out a lot. Also, feel free to leave us any comments or suggestions, show topics, thoughts um, on our website at snobbowestcast.com or shoot us over an email at snobbowestcast at gmail.com. Also, you can support the show by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash snobbowestcast. And for just $5 a month, you get access to our pre-show 
content, access to uh, our live show taping, as well as to our online chat community. Also, feel free to drop us off a love offering via PayPal at paypal.me slash snoboscast. And that's it for this week, everybody. Peace. Stay safe. Protect your, protect your peace out there. We'll see you guys next week.